This is the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. What would it take for you to double your profits and half your stress with your intuition? Learn how with your host, Michael Light. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm here with Christopher Browning. And he is an expert men's coach. He helps people break income barriers in his sleep. And uh, Christopher, how are you? I am fan diggity task. I always tell people I'm better than fantastic. This is actually something great. Uh, can, can I go into this really quickly? I know you weren't expecting this. Go, go, go into it real quick. Yep. Okay, so I learned this phrase when I was actually used to work out of Starbucks, and there was this old guy that was there, and I always say, "How are you doing today?" And he goes, "Better than fantastic." And I and I, it was like I'd probably be in there like four times a week or something. He kept on saying, "Better than fantastic," and I said, "Why do you always say that?" Because he goes, "Christopher, what you think you become." <laughs> well, that is true, <laughs> and that's certainly true if you're using intuition in your business. What you think yeah. is what you become. Absolutely. comes from that, that great book I'm sure you, you've come across, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. The classic, absolutely. Yes. Though he probably got it from other people. He interviewed 500 entrepreneurs, right? And just yeah. down their <laughs> wisdom. So. so today we're going to be talking about using your intuition in marketing and team building and also how you can speed read a team member's personality instantly so you can communicate better with your team. And along yes. with a few other interesting things that we uh, are going to cover. So why don't we just kick this off by, uh, you know, how you use your intuition when you're marketing? Because that's like a pretty important thing to any business to be able to reach ideal prospects and customers. Yeah. Um, I, if anybody's been following marketing and doing uh, anything in the last five years, all the rage is obviously to know what your avatar is or what your ideal client a- is. Avatar, what, that sounds like something out of the movies. Yeah, okay, so let's go over what an avatar is. So when you're really marketing to somebody, um, you really want to speak to one individual. And this is the, the easiest, fastest way to generate more leads and to uh, to shorten your uh, – um, uh, your funnel time. So uh, it, it reduces the time when fun, somebody first meets and these you to the time that they first buy. And then there is an ideal client, and it's really just a persona, a type of person, not a type of person, but it's as if it was a person that you're speaking to. So uh, I, I'll give you an example. Mine is his name is Bob. And Bob is a guy that's about 33 years old. Uh, he has been a uh, – he's owned his own business for about one year, um, and he's totally dependent on it. So he's not in between. He's already created his own business. And uh, he got into it doing something like MLM or – or T-shirts or something like that, some product-based business, maybe a little bit of service-based business. But he's at this point now where he doesn't feel quite right what he's doing. He wants something more in his life, but yet he feels like there's this confidence problem inside of him. And it's not that he's not confident. It's just that there's this little little lagging feeling like I still feel like a fraud. And I also know that Bob um, is dating and are just on the edge of being married. And so this is why all these feelings are starting to come up. And he really wants to go out and crush it in his business. And he's a little bit afraid that he's going to be seen as a fake, even though he doesn't really think that about himself. So this is a person that I'm always speaking to. And so whenever we have our own markets or whatever, or, uh, or whatever our products are, there's somebody just like that. It's the ideal person. Now, of course, we can have you, other you, people. You gave, you gave him a name, Bob. Is there a yes. reason you named him? You know. Yeah, yeah. Because so now when I'm writing or I'm doing it, I'm thinking about Bob. I'm writing It's mm. just one person. It's as if Bob's sitting right in front of me. I mean, do you have a little photo of Bob right next yeah. to the computer? I can get uh, – there's actually uh, – I've gone out and got some little photos. I think this is what Bob would look like, and sometimes mm. I look at it. And so the difference is that when you write or when you market, instead of being this amorphous blob that you're trying to connect with, 
it's as if you're connecting to a person who's sitting right next to you. And so your writing style changes, um, the way you describe things changes. Um, and the big mistake most people make in marketing is they, they try to include everybody inside their marketing materials. And so what that leaves it is pretty bland and no, it resonates with nobody. So I'll give you uh, another fact that I know for sure is that um, as soon as I said I work only with men, um, the first question that really came up was like, well, why not women? Why don't you work with women? And I say, well, there's a couple of reasons. Biologically, I think that men are driven a little bit different, whether it's hormones or whatever it is. So our desire to work is a little bit different. So that means we tackle work a little bit different. And I've had women go, well, I kind of feel that. And I go, well, that's good for you. But I also know this. I also know the opposite side because I had to understand my ideal client so well. And so ironically, the more that I talk about my specificity about the, my ideal client, the more other people outside of my uh, genre actually resonate with me because I speak with so much um, exactness, it, it sounds more like an expert. Mm. And so even those who aren't one who who feel or who I have disclosed or outside uh, who I'd work with, they they in in a sense they kind of beg or they uh, persistent enough to say no, I still want to work with you, and that's true with any type of marketing that you do. So uh, that's the power of using Bob, mm. or Jane, or Harry, or whoever. Or it, How do you or, name your character? And exactly. Uh, you you were saying you were doing this when you're writing, but what about if you're giving a webinar? Would you have Bob in mind as you're speaking to your computer to the people on your webinar? Yes, absolutely. So this could be for or a podcast, podcast, uh, creating a Facebook ad, Facebook ad, anything where you're communicating mm-hmm. with a. Uh, uh, you know, you're creating any type of connection piece or even even their content. Uh, I'm doing the exact same thing. So stop just writing stuff, but write for Bob or speak to Bob. And yes. That way, the Bobs of this world will hear you better or whoever your avatar is. Right. Exactly. Because the, the thing that everybody is wanting. Uh, all right. So I know you didn't. Uh, uh, we didn't really go into this beforehand, but um, let's talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So uh, everybody's pretty familiar with that. They start off with this idea of of uh, it's just basic necessities, right? Um, I need to I need to eat and I need to be able to sleep. Not even really safety yet. Those are the first things. Then I got to have a bit of safety. Then I need some family connection and a little bit of love. And then I need some self. Um, I always forget this one. Uh, what, do you remember which one the next one is? It's like uh, self-fulfillment. Actualization, doesn't it? Self-actualization is the last one. Yeah. Uh, but it's the in-between one, or more of like self. How about esteem? Like, yeah, self-esteem. That's it. It's like it's like what I do to make myself feel good. Okay, so then the last phase is really self-actualization. So really our society and the way that um, pretty much if you're listening to this podcast, um, the first three levels have already been taken for you. So our parents or our grandparents' generation, maybe they dealt a little bit more with the third level. And that's kind of what we wanted in life. But as we moved on, we're really to this last stage, which is how can I be self-actualized? How can I go out and help the other world? Because we really kind of got past this part of self-esteem and realized how empty it is just to fill ourselves up, just to make ourselves feel good. So that means when we're writing to our our audience or we're writing and we're communicating with whoever uh, uh, we're trying to connect with, we're actually wanting to help them become self-actualized. And that means that I have to speak directly to what Ever situation that they're in where they don't already feel self-actualized. This is my prediction of where I think all business communication is going to go because you can just kind of see it already. So what are the things that um, when you're reading things and you get hooked into something, what is it that really hooks, it, that hooks you into it? Well, there's this bit that speaks directly to you. It says when you read it, you're like, this is what I need. This is what I really need to get to the next level that I want to go to. Mm. So what's an example of this, speaking to your avatar self-actualization? Do you want me to speak general or or more specifically? Let's give a specific example. Okay. So most of the people that I work with, um, 
they have left the uh, corporate environment because that felt very soul-sucking to them. Now, some people really like the corporate environment. It gives them a, a sense of purpose. Uh, they're able to join in on something. That's great. My group, they don't. They've left. And so they've basically left out of a fire. They felt like they're getting burned up. And so they created a business to create money and to kind of give them a lifestyle. So they've done this for a short amount of time, and now they're making pretty good money, but it's not fulfilling. And they're trying to figure out why isn't fulfilling anymore. I got the money, I got kind of the lifestyle, but it's not fulfilling anymore. This is so weird. Mm. I thought this is what it was going to be. I thought when I got to this stage, it was going to be there. So, what I do is I speak to the reasons why it's no longer fulfilling, why you need to take the next leap. What are the things that are missing in your current business? And for the reason why it's not fulfilling. Mm. And I and I can give a couple of reasons. Like um, one of them is they just felt like they had a team of people and the people were just working. So there was no cohesiveness inside the team. So I can tell them, well, if you really want to get to the next step, it's not just about having a team, but it's about helping your team grow. So what's the dedication? What's the purpose? What's the reason behind why you have a team? Even if it is VAs and disconnected and and you've got you know people spread around the world, you can still create that common goal or that that connection um what is your purpose in your business so yeah you've made money but what are you going to do with all that money now uh, how are you going to service even indirectly so uh one of the best examples i have is i had a guy that came and making pretty good money and uh he was doing like what a lot of people do and they were doing t-shirts and he's like you know i don't feel the urge to go out and make more t-shirts. I kind of got enough money and I feel kind of bad about that. I feel like I just want to slack off and I don't really want to be a slacker. So I said, okay, great. So what can you do to uh, bring value to a certain group of people? And so we sat down and it took it took a couple months, but what we figured out is that he really enjoys being behind the scenes and watching other people master their craft. Mm. And I said, you know, if you were to be that person and you just helped other people master their craft would that be helpful? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So what we did is we restructured his business so that um, uh, I can't tell you his niche because uh, I don't want to give it away, but um, it has to do with old ladies, all right? And so he helps old ladies master certain craft. And so it's a young guy uh, that uh, I still think he's in his 20s, and he's become an expert in this one field by leveraging other people's knowledge. And he just gets joy in watching these older ladies perfect their craft and talk about it. Mm. So that's his and so purpose. that inspires that's him to keep on. That yeah. keeps him, gives him meaning so a, to his, his work. He gets a better exactly. why from it. So it gives him meaning. Exactly. And so that's it. So that's the struggle that when I'm speaking to when I'm writing to them, I'm saying, hey, do you feel like you're in this place? Like you've made money, but you want to make something more out of it. And it's not necessarily you want to go save the world. You might want to, but you just know there's something more for you to give and you can't quite figure out what it is. Mm. Well, I'll show you how to structure your business so that's possible. <laughs> so everybody's got this, right, inside of whatever marketplace that they've got. Everybody's got this kind of core person that um, – resonates the most with your message and actually it's the one that usually gives you the most money so you figure out exactly what, what they're I'm wanting gonna, and what their desire i'm just going to ask you that you said yeah. this both gives them the most joy but it also makes them the most money why why do you think that is that they you can make the most money by doing something you enjoy yeah um now that's really a simplistic wonderful way to put it and a lot of people talk about that so let's talk about some practicality and also how intuition uh goes into that so when we're talking about really the joy we want to talk we really want to work inside our business that's optimized to the natural ways that we think and act and if um in my experience a lot of people who have businesses that uh, particularly they're making money, but they're not getting satisfaction out of it. It's because of one of two reasons. One, it's either going against their personal values. So there's something about the business that rubs them wrong, mm. even if they're really good at it. We can, and we can dig that? in and we can figure out. Um, oh, like one might be family. So somebody's got a really uh, a, a personal value of family. Family is really important to them, and they are 
uh, doing this job that they're trying to provide for the family. But what happens is it actually pulls them away too much from family. Mm-hmm. And so they want to be spending time with the family. And so they got this conflict inside of them. It's like, I've got this job that I'm trying to provide for the family. But yet the thing that fulfills me the most, being around my family, I can't have that. And so what do you do? You, end up, you start to sabotage your own, your own work. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you may not give so much into the work when you need to, or you may only give a minimal amount just to get by. So that sucks. That sucks for everybody. It sucks for you, sucks for your family, and it sucks for your uh, clients. <coughs> okay. So how? So that's the first one, values. The second one is it's just not working with inside of your personality. So uh, let's use intuition because we're talking about this. Now we're going to use a little bit more of a classical definition. So the way that I really think about intuition is this weird ability to look out into the universe and see connections nobody else does. And, and we get mesmerized about possibilities. So if I take Myers-Briggs – uh, intuition is the highest thing on mine. Now, this is a little bit more narrowly focused than uh, intuition and how you talk about it completely for your podcast and for your own book. But so the classic definition is it's just that. They, it's almost like they're future seeing. They can go off to the future and they can see what could be. And intuitive in, people who have high intuition tend to be far more risk tolerant. Mm. Because they're able to see multiple possibilities that can happen. And if one doesn't work, that's okay. We got this other one that will possibly work. And if that one doesn't work, that's okay. This other one will possibly work. So that's where… That sounds like a lot of entrepreneurs I know. Exactly. So a lot of entrepreneurs have this high sense of intuition. And that's what you need as an entrepreneur. Because if you're the opposite, so let's talk about the opposite. The opposite is somebody who um, really sees the world in very like high definition details and they see everything and they put all those things as they are right now in the world happening. They also tend to be a past focused Mm. and they see what has worked in the past and they want to replicate that now. So there's pluses and minuses for each one. So intuition side, Obviously, we're able to see possibilities that aren't there, and we're able to bravely walk out into the future. Now, our downside is that we don't see the details. We often miss them, and things that we kind of slap ourselves in the head later on going like, oh, my God, how come I didn't see that? Or, uh, and we also tend to pair up with somebody who is opposite with us in relationships, and they look at us like we're idiots, like, come on, I've been trying to tell you that for the longest time, and you were just ignoring me. And there's probably a couple people that are like laughing and giggling if they listen to this because they know that's what they're partner's been telling them. So that's the, the pluses and minuses. Now, the, the pluses for sensors or the people who aren't intuitive is that they're really good at optimizing processes. If you give them a basic process, they will go through and make it 10 times better than you and I could. We love them for that. Mm. And they get great joy in doing that and seeing all the little small details that we missed. <laughs> that's in the sense where they get their fulfillment. Us intuitive types, we get our fulfillment through the exploration of new ideas or being able to expand boundaries. And then once we expand a boundary and we've kind of done that, we have to say, what's the next challenge? Hmm. Make sense? It makes total sense. This explains why I, I'm always attracted to the next bright, shiny object. And I need someone else in the business who pays attention to the details. Yeah, wonderful. And and you need each other because they they need you. They they need me as well because otherwise they're just running the same old, same old and the business stagnates. Yes, they they need new challenges also. They need uh, direction to to drive them. And so it's a really great um, symbiotic relationship when you have that happen. Mm. (coughs) Do we answer all questions or did my intuitive mind go too far off track in one direction? Well, I, let, let's just uh, wrap up the marketing part because you talked about having an avatar, giving them a name, having a photo, speaking to them. And you've talked about how there are different you know, intuitive types and more detail-oriented types in, in business. Um, but what about using your intuition to, to reach out to Bob you know, or, or whoever your avatar is called? Wonderful question. 
this is the process that I do that sometimes I teach other people to do. So you get the basic understanding of who Bob is or your Jane, and you kind of and you can even put it on a piece of paper, right? So they they're married. Um, let's pretend it's. Uh, a Jane. She's married. She's got two kids. Uh, and let's say she wants to grow her own business. Uh, her frustrations are um, I don't have enough time to work because I'm running my own family. Um, and uh, I've got a husband and maybe he's not really supportive of me doing what I want to do. So let's, let's pretend that's our person. Mm. So what you do is using your intuition Sit down in the couch as Jane. Think about Jane. What would it be like to be Jane? Think about the emotions that would come up. All right, I got to come home. Uh, I really want to work on this business because I want what? This is a really important thing. Because I want uh, a type of freedom, a type of income. Why do I want this income? Do I want to send my kids to school? So you can use your intuition to begin to think about what would those answers be? What is it that she's really striving for for a business to be successful? Then think about as she's sitting there, she's probably a little bit overwhelmed and frustrated. And so she's like thinking like, but I'd love to work on my business, but my kids are calling me. It's like I'm not married, right? I'm not married. I'm not a woman, but I can definitely begin to feel what it's like to be her a little bit. All right. My kids are wanting my attention right now. They want to be fed. Um, and I'm stressing about getting work out. How am I going to run my business when I got to take care of them? Mm-hmm. And now my husband's going to come home and I've got to somehow convince him to take care of the kids for a short amount of time so that I can go work on business. So now I can easily create the scenario of who I need to write to just by using a little bit of intuition to step in their shoes. Now, as I think about that, can I write my solutions or can I communicate my solutions that would help them create, uh, you know, maybe get dinners out easier or uh, ways to speak at my husband's language so that he's wanting to get on board with me mm-hmm. because those are her real concerns that are blocking her from getting her business done. So if I was a woman business coach, those would be the things that I would be offering along with the actual service of, um, uh, uh, of the actual business coaching, right? Mm-hmm. So let's use physical products as an example. Um, so somebody buys a physical product, What is it they really want? Well, nobody buys a physical product to really just want a physical product. There's there's some kind of emotion or desire behind it. So think about that. Use your intuition to think about why would they really want to buy this product? Even something simple as a Mm T-shirt. It's not just a wear thing. They want to communicate something. Who's it they want to communicate to? What's the emotion they want to communicate or the thought. Maybe they want to feel superior. Maybe they want to f- feel connection. That's why it's important for you to understand your ideal core audience first because it, it becomes easier to use your intuition to understand where they are exactly at. Mm. So how, when you're doing this, how do you access your intuition? Do you just get messages about your avatar or – do you hear it or see it or uh, for me I've got a really vivid imagination mm. so I can sit and just play a movie inside my head mm-hmm. of like of like what it would be like like wow. I'm just going to pretend I'm that person mm. I'm at home the dog's there um um I can even I can actually even feel uh like if if I haven't quite made it yet um, or I've been spending all the money on on children, so maybe sitting in like an old rundown couch, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm pretending I'm still this woman. It's like, gosh, I really want my house to feel more, even more comfortable. And I, as I'm sitting in this couch, I realize that it, it's been it's been four years since I promised myself that we would buy a new couch, and this is even a pain point inside of me that I really want to get this business up and running so I can provide for my family. And gosh, that feels like I'm a little little bit of a failure in some ways because I haven't been able to do what I wanted to do. Mm. So I can just 
imagine myself in that situation, the kids running around, the husband coming home. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take much more than you starting off with yourself, mm-hmm. right? So you just start off with your own frustrations and, and desires because most of our desires and frustrations are very similar. They're just different shades. Mm-hmm. So they look different. And then just apply that shade of of who your ideal customer is mm-hmm. upon where you already are at. And if you just did that exercise and got into the mind of your customer that way, your writing, your advertising, your marketing would be 10 times more powerful. I and mean, I'm just putting a number on it, but at least. Mm. <laughs> well, that sounds genius. So being able to, to get intuitive information about your uh, ideal customers and get into so be able to be in their shoes and, and feel what problems they have, what are they trying to achieve in their business and life, uh, it makes it much easier to talk with them. Yes. It's kind of the difference between talking to a stranger versus talking to a friend. Yes, exactly. So, well, let, let's, uh, this has been interesting talking about intuition and marketing. Now, what about, team working with teams and you mentioned you do things there that use your intuition to help improve uh yeah how your teams perform so what i want to give to you and everybody's listening it's a really easy way to speed read anybody Mm. inside of your team or whoever you're with and you can in a sense use your quick intuition just by picking up on some clues about who they are and knowing the message that they want to hear the most and more importantly, the message they absolutely do not want to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> so most of us actually are only good at one thing. Mm-hmm. We're only good at one of four things, which I'll get into. And the worst message that we could hear is that we're not good at our one thing. Mm. If we hear that, all our defensive shields go up. All of our ability to um, uh, uh, be objective and listen to what other opinions coming into us pretty much just shut off. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're basically talking to a wall at that point. So we don't want to do that. What we want to do is, in a sense, manage or mitigate that possibility. So let's talk about that. Okay. So there's two basic dichotomies that you need to use your intuition to find out. One is fast and slow. And we can also think of this as big picture or detailed picture. And if you want to notice how people process information, Mm. do they tend to process it at a very large level, big picture, um, big ideas, um, and they're not so much worried about the details. It's the concepts that are more important. Mm. The opposite is somebody who's more concerned about the details. How does it all work? They also tend to be uh, a very exacting. They can't quite move on until they understand every little teeny little piece. Um, sometimes they take a while to process information. Mm. So now this is um, the difference uh, uh, as we talked about before, between intuition, intuitive people and sensing. Mm. All right, so you got those two different worlds. Okay, that's one dichotomy. The other dichotomy is are they fact driven or are they more people driven? Mm-hmm. So are they about facts and ideas and processes? Are they about relationships, uh, connection, um, uh, the well-being of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that so now when you combine those two dichotomies, you get four types of people. Mm-hmm. You get one person that's very high level, that's about data. You get somebody that's very high level, it's about people. And you get somebody that is uh, detail-oriented about people. And you get somebody that is detail-oriented about facts and data. Okay? Makes sense? Makes sense, yeah. Okay, so now comes the magic. So, Michael, I think I know a bit about you. So I'm going to tell you four things, and I want you to tell me which of these would hurt you the most. 
Okay. Okay. So would you be more upset if I told you I don't like your help? I don't like you. I don't like your logic. Or I don't like your um, planning or ideas. I think the don't like you is the one that had the most energy for me in this moment. Yes. And I could have guessed that for you because I know that you're very P-oriented and you're also very big picture. So let's talk about why that's important for you. So you run your world through influence. The, the, the way that you get things done is by influencing or inspiring people, whether you know it or not. And you know that if people like you, you can get just about anything else done. Mm. It's true, and that's, you know. <laughs> exactly, right? Okay, so that's the worst thing that you can hear. I don't like you because it takes away your influence or it takes away your ability to inspire because you're not great at the other things you're not really good you're not as good at uh big planning like a ceo would or like even like uh like an elon musk right um you're not great at the details as like a programmer or an engineer or somebody who uh are certain types of lawyers Mm-hmm. Um, certain types of doctors. Um, you like working with large groups of people. So while you enjoy things one-on-one you and you enjoy helping people, it's not the thing that drives you. Mm-hmm. So that's the help one. So you've got the four different people. So let's talk about each where each of those four hot buttons go. I don't like you. It's for somebody that's high picture. And that is towards people. I don't like your plan. Or I, I don't like the direction that you're taking us. It's for somebody that's big picture and ideas or facts. Because that's all they've got. They just know the direction to be able to lead a company or, or um, to push a, a, an agenda. And I mean that in the, in the – um, push an agenda can sound like it's negative, but I just mean that in a neutral way. Um, the other one, I don't like your logic – this is for your programmers or your detail-oriented fact-based people. You can see they get riled up when you question their logic. In fact, they will go ad nauseum to show you how their logic is correct, and they'll argue with you on, the, on their logic. Okay, so the last one is help. And this is probably about 40% of all the people in the world. And these are your classic workers. What they want to do is just take a process and know that they're contributing to the team. Because they're about people and they love doing details. So help is important. Mm-hmm. So all you do is you use your intuition and you're able to go, which of do I feel? Are they data or are they people? Are they fast or are they, are they high level or are they more detail level? And you're able to identify which of the four people they are and then you know what not to say to them. So let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. So I can use my intuition, and let's say I, I uh, based on the position, I go in front of a CEO, and and I really don't like the way he's taking the company. So the worst thing for me to do is to say like I don't like the way he's directing this company, and at which point the CEO or the leader is going to say, you know, basically f off, I don't care, you're just going to do what I tell you to do because I'm the guy in charge. Now if I approach this differently and I said, wow, that's a that's that's the way that I wouldn't think I would. N- Take it. Can you explain quickly a little bit more what you mean by this so that I can get behind you on this? Mm. Totally different. And I used a couple keywords and I said quickly because these guys are very fast moving and they don't want to be bogged down by having to explain themselves too much. But what you've done is you just affirmed the most important thing and then you've basically got them on their side and then they will explain it to you. Mm. And what you want to do with this person is be able to say, all right, so I understand where you want to take us, and I am on board with that. My concern is that what this little point is not actually going to get us there. Can I quickly explain to you the reason why? So by doing this, I've allowed, I haven't allowed the walls to go up, and he mm-hmm. stays open. 
to listening to me. So you can apply that to all of the other three types of people. Let's say I've got... Yeah, let's apply it to each of the other three. Okay. Really easy. So let's use the helper, right? Because most of us will be having people we have to hire. So the last thing we want to say to you is your work wasn't good enough. Mm. Now, to me, who... Uh, is driven by relationships, I'll be like, ah, well, that's not so bad. At least you still like me. Okay, what do I need to do to improve it? But if I'm that other person, your work wasn't good enough, it's like, oh, that's the worst thing because I can't influence. I don't have ability to do directions or to create a, um, a plan to direct people. I, I don't have the best logical mind. I might be pretty good, but uh, I'm really good at helping. So what I want to do is approach a person and say, hey, you know, really appreciate the work that you've done. And I think there's some ways that we can make it better. Mm. And, I, and I want to help optimize the process that you're going through. So I think I'm getting a pattern here. You, you stroke what they're into. You, you appreciate them for what they, that's important to them. And then you give some gentle feedback on it instead of just ripping up their uh, most important personality trait. Right. And the thing is that we don't intentionally do that. What we do is we don't step on our own. Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't go to somebody and say, I don't like you. Because mm-hmm. you know how personal it is for you. So you would never do that grievous error to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But So what we think we're doing is being kind to the other person by attacking the problem from a different angle, unknowingly attacking the one thing that they that is most personal to them Mm. does that make sense it does let's let's look at the last two types so i like you we already know this one right this one because we talked about so what i do is i don't come to you and say michael i don't like you i don't like what you know everything you're doing is really pissing me off whoa that you know i was like gosh and now i've lost influence so what i want to do with this person is to say what okay Hey, um, I, I really appreciate the way you try connecting with people, or I see that you're really trying to connect with people, or um, I, in fact, this one's, this is one weird one, because everything else has to do about what they do, and this is the one weird one, it's about directly about who you are, mm-hmm. so you just actually just say something different, you say, hey, uh, um, I like your plan. Can we work a little bit on the plan? And then you can kind of weave it in, which is most of our problems tend to be that we uh, are sometimes we're a little needy. We can come off a little needy because we're trying to influence or please people too much. Um, so if that's the case, what you want to do is first connect with the other type of work that you're doing. And then you want to come across and say, I just want to let you know that I appreciate you for who you are. You don't have to try. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like you for who you are. And um, so is that cool? You know, yeah. And then you and I would be like, yeah, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear because I'm so concerned that you don't like me. Mm. And then the fourth person we have back left is the logical person, right? Detail-oriented, yes. logical. So the logical person, what you don't do is I don't agree with your logic. Mm-hmm. So all you have to say is, wow, this looks really good, very detail-oriented. Can you – and again, there, it's quickly here. Can you quickly explain why you made these decisions? I just want to understand. Mm. And then if they, they get a little bit off in a tangent, which they can do, you can say, oh, that's great. And if they are taking a decision in a way that doesn't take the company go, all you do is tie it back and say, can you explain to me how this ties into where we need to go as a company? Mm. So you allow them to use their own logic to argue your point. And then you can – and if they still are not quite on board, you can say like, oh, I totally understand. But here's the problem that I see with that. Do, does it seem to be true with you? Do you agree with me on this? Because I really appreciate the way that your mind works and everything goes together. I just think we're off on this one less little bit. Mm-hmm. Can you work with me on this? In which case, that's how you do it. Mm. So are you saying with your team you would you know look at what of these which of these four personality types they were and then you change your languaging when you were talking with them one on one depending on where, where they were Yes so I also only hire people in positions that match the personality 
Oh, tell me more on that. <laughs> so if I'm going to have a social media marketer, I'm not going to pick a detail-oriented data person because mm. I want them to be in social media. I need them to be detail-oriented, but also need to be people-oriented. Well, that sounds good. How do you tell during the uh, job hiring process? Do you, can you tell from the – you put this in the ad? Do you, is it during the select process and the interview process? Where? Yeah, so you can write it in. So you write it in the ad, right? So, hey, I'm looking for somebody who really enjoys being with people uh, and then also likes the details of things. In fact, I'm not so concerned or, or details of, around people that you really enjoy connecting with people. You don't have to have the best idea on what to do. And I don't need you to um, uh, reinvent the, the marketing wheel. In fact, I've got a plan for you. All I need you to do is be able to generally connect with people on social media. Are you able to go out and find articles that be able to connect with people um, in this, you know, my my topic, mm-hmm. right? And so that's automatically going to draw the right people towards me. Plus, using the intuition when I'm talking to them, can ask them certain questions. Uh, you can also have them take personality assessments. Um, now, one thing that I want to tell about personality assessments is I still actually hired people outside of what the personality assessment uh, results were because I was willing to listen to them and really see that they're still a good fit. I only use personality assessments as kind of an engagement. It's not a definitive of where a person is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, through your interview questions, you can ask certain things that help you uh, see what type of personality type uh, or uh, general uh, – which one of the four people that they are. Mm-hmm. And then you can also test it. So sometimes when I'm really sneaky, I'll just go ahead and test it. And see if if I lightly touch on the button, see how they react. <laughs> okay. And and if I can, they usually won't lash out, but there's usually just a little bit extra bit of silence. Mm. All right. And I'll say, okay, great. You know, this is the right person, um, or it's the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if they if their buttons get pushed, uh, if a button gets pushed that I know shouldn't be pushed. Mm-hmm. Does that right. make sense? So, yeah, it makes sense. So the, this is a way to hire by personality type for the role, to fit the role. Yes. Now, yes. when you've done this and you've built your team with different personalities in different roles, and you're, you're able to more effectively talk one-on-one with each team member, what about when you're in a group setting? You've got a team meeting. How, I mean, I, how do you deal with that? Because you can't talk in all four different languages all at once. Well, you're usually only talking to one person at a time. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, if you're giving feedback, you're certainly talking to one person at a time. Yeah. And then if you're talking to your group, then it's all about everybody um, unifying around the, the vision or the purpose. Mm-hmm. But the, do you, we, when you're talking about vision or purpose, because you, you can approach vision from, you know, they like you and they're on board of the vision because they like you or that you know they like your plan and they're on board with that or they like the logic and details of the plan or that they want to help out with this vision so there's different ways people could approach getting behind a vision correct um but they agree with what the mission of the vision is that's the most important thing when you have a team um even if it's um so I actually, the reason I use social media manager is because I just recently hired a social media manager for a client. Uh, that's another little side business that I do is I'll just help get teams together. And um, we very specifically found somebody who uh, already resonated with the main purpose. In fact, we picked somebody who uh, wasn't as qualified, but because they believed in the main mission and showed through examples of their life, we took them on board. Because it's so much easier to correct somebody when they agree with the direction that you're going. Mm-hmm. Because that's the one thing that you can work around, right? Hey, we're on a mission together to get to this destination, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of myself. If you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of yourself, and when, when I'm saying sacrifice, I'm really talking about ego, my ego and your ego, because the mission is more important to either one of us. Mm-hmm. Are you on board with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So now this person is compelled 
to work on themselves to work with you? Ah, because they are, they are uh, connected with the mission. They Correct. Signed onto that, then they they're able to be more flexible. Correct. To get it done. Mm. So that begs the question: How can you tell when you're hiring that someone's on board with the the mission or the vision? Do you, do you just put that in the job ad, or? Yeah, and I ask them to specifically talk about how they connect with it. Oh. So why why do you why do you want to apply for this? How does this? Here's our goal. Why do you personally feel that you're a good match for this goal of where we're going with the company? Can you give me some examples? Mm. And so you ask they them. They sell you on why they would be good to join this vision. Yes, and then the best people are very excited. You know, they're like, I feel like I'm the perfect match for you. Um, here's the reasons why I really resonate with what you're saying. Or I've already been doing this for a while, and this is the direction that I want to go in. Okay, great. Tell me a little bit more about that. I like that. So that could both be in their written, you know, you could have them ask them to put that in their cover letter. Just, you know, give me yeah. a, tell me why you, you would be so good for this vision, this, this mission. Yes. And you can also obviously ask it in the interview. Um, are there any yeah, other do, ways to I, tell if they're aligned? You know, do you look at their social profiles, um, their LinkedIn, um, Facebook? Or? I don't. Maybe, maybe I would if I'm right on the edge. But from the part, I, I try to run uh, when hiring somebody. I try to do it. Uh, efficiently as possible mm-hmm. and knowing that you always get bad hires you can't ever 100% block bad hires so I feel like if I can get about 80 to 90% of it right that I'm doing a pretty good job and then if somebody comes in and they haven't represented themselves well through the questions and the uh, and uh, 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 the questions on the um, um, when they submit questions or answer them when they uh, written form, right? And then also verbal, um, then I just let them go and I just go find somebody else. Mm. <coughs> so any other things you, you use with your intuition in, in how you manage teams? Uh, I'm very people oriented. So if it also my clients also, what I'll do is, I, I'm pretty used to a certain way that people respond, mm-hmm. uh, even to the time the emails come back, um, the length of emails, uh, something else. If my, my intuition, little spidey senses go off, that something isn't exactly what it is, mm-hmm. even a little bit, I'll go in there like, huh, you know, am I just making things up? And if I detect something, then I just reach out to the person right away. Hey. I just noticed that this email is a bit shorter. Or, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. just want to make sure to see something's up. Mm-hmm. So I'll use my intuition that way to cut problems off beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to uh, keep current clients around longer because of the process. Um, uh, so what happens is for clients, like maybe someone doesn't reply back right away or the answer seems to be a little bit short when they shouldn't be. Then I might think something's up between them and I, mm-hmm. so I want to reach out really quickly and be able to say, "Hey, is there something up? Mm-hmm. I really care about your progress, and I want to make sure that everything's clear between us. And if not, no worries." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I've had a couple of people go, "Yeah, I'm glad you said something." Mm-hmm. Uh, and people really appreciate that because they're always afraid of of bringing up the negative information. And so, if you're able to approach it first, uh, uh, well, I just feel like you get more respect. And the process, mm-hmm. as long as you stay open for the process. Mm-hmm. Um, another way I use intuition is in the negative sense, where when you're hiring somebody, if I personally get a bad gut feeling, mm-hmm. like um, like everything seems right on paper, or but something just goes, it doesn't feel quite right. I've learned to listen to that because usually it's true. Mm-hmm. Now, that can just be from years of experience, right? So you just get used to seeing things a certain way and your subconscious is kicking off. Um, but I've learned to just to go with that and go find somebody else. Mm. 
Why, why is that? I think that's a good thing to do for you. Why is it so important to listen to your gut when you're hiring? Uh, well, one, I want to have, I want an ease of mind that I know that I've got the right staff in place. I don't want to hire somebody thinking, well, they're pretty good, but I'm not quite sure. Because mm. that, that takes up um, processing space in my brain mm-hmm. where I have to, I'm wondering about them. Um, even if I don't feel like I've got a good reason to, like, let's say like on a logical sense, well, they didn't really give me a good reason. Like I don't see anything glaringly wrong, so I should give them a try, which is like what a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm just like, but I'm always having to wonder, do I need to check up on them? Is mm-hmm. my intuition right or wrong? Well, that's, that's energy that I should be spending on building my business or, mm-hmm. or, um, uh, develop or working with my my better employees right mm-hmm. giving them more feedback so that they're able to work more optimally mm. <laughs> so that's the main reason why so it's either hell yes i'm hiring them or not sure or no but either way if it's not hell yes you don't hire if if i inkling like uh i'm not sure no i've taken people that are hell yes to like it'll work mm-hmm because you don't always get a hell yes mm-hmm. unless you just want to wait and wait and look and look and look and look and buy then um, unless you're a huge organization that has money to burn uh, you've lost so much opportunity because mm-hmm. you're trying to find the right person so anywhere between yeah hell yeah to like yeah this is going to work they're not, they're not perfect but um, yeah I'll work with them it's going to be a little bit rough mm-hmm. <laughs> but, they're on, but the thing they have to be is they have to agree to the mission or the vision of what we're about Mm-hmm. No exceptions right. on that one. Mm-hmm. Right. If the, all the wheels on the bus are not pointing in the same direction, it's going to cause problems in the ride. Yes. <laughs> Which often happens yeah. in companies. You know, some people are yeah. they're not tied into the vision. They're going off yeah, in their they, own direction. And they sabotage it. They cause problems. To pro, you know, projects are delayed. That's where you get cost overruns. Mm-hmm. Um, you get bloat. And that's the wonderful thing for anybody that's listening on this podcast reading the book that's why you and i will always have the opportunity to grab market share mm-hmm. as because there are those problems of bloat there are those those problems where uh things are running inefficiently and when we create organizations that run efficiently we're able to come in and really save them and be able mm-hmm. to say well we can do that faster at the same price or we can do it even a little bit cheaper which mm-hmm. is not necessarily best uh uh, it's not the way that I usually suggest you can't offer that, but to say, why don't we do this more optimally so it causes less headaches? Mm. People will pay more money for less headaches. Mm-hmm. Makes more sense. I mean, uh, why create headaches and stress when you don't need them? Yes. <laughs> so we talked about intuiting the uh, personality type of, of each candidate or each team member and using that to communicate better. What, what about intuiting the energy of the whole team? Can you, can you tell that the team's energy is off or on? I can. Um, well, let us into the is... secret, Christopher. How can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I mean by like I can and not everybody can and that's okay. So I'll give you uh, a couple things to do. Um, I can because that happens to be my best superpower. That's the reason why I'm really good at my job is that I'm able to intuit what people are really thinking and feeling in uh, in a subconscious way. I've been able to do it since I was a little kid. In fact, there's a whole pattern of where I got um, uh, people picked me out and in in middle school and high school uh as a a counselor i didn't i never asked for it and they always say well christopher you're always able to just like understand where people are at so that's just naturally me so i can just naturally do that some people are able to do that so the question is well so let me give you the first clues of how i can do that um as best as i can well first you just listen to small things is everybody on agreement does one person look like they're off standish and they're not supportive of the whole group um is somebody delaying when there's no reason they should be delaying so that's a big clue for me um does 
watching how they interact with the rest of the group, particularly if you're in like a uh, the same meeting room. Does everybody seem like they're talking to each other or does one person get secluded off, right? So those are all red flags. Now, some people – uh, and it's perfectly great, can't pick up on those social clues because they tend to be more data-focused. That's great. We need them because they see things that you and I can't see. They see problems inside the business that uh, it would take us two months to, to see that they see in two minutes. So we love them. So if you happen to be one of those people, what you do is you identify a champion who is able to pick up on the social clues. And all you do is you go to them and you say, hey, is there something that you picked up on that I need to be aware of? Mm. That's it. Mm. So you, you find out that the team is just not working well um, by observing where things are slow or where people are not getting on or some other sabotage occurring. Yes. Now, having detected that your team is running well or not running well, if it's not running well, what the heck do about that? You just do surgery on the team and remove people or? Uh, well, for me, this is why it always goes back to unifying vision. So you got it. So let's say you got one problem person, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you got to first figure out what the heck the problem is. And so unifying vision is the easiest thing to use because you'll be able to say, hey, um, it feels like work is slacking. Or we're not able to meet your KPIs. You can use some very you know, uh, hardcore metrics or that thing wasn't del- delivered in. Uh, can you give me the reason why? And they might give some excuse. And then at which point you can just say, hey, I just want to know for sure that, that you still agree with where we're going as a company or what we're doing here. Mm. And if they say, well, actually, no, I'm not, mm. then that's a great opportunity to say, like, oh, you know, I'm so thank you for you being honest. What can we do to help you out? Because it doesn't seem like it's a great fit here anymore. Mm. What can we do to help transition you out easily can i give a reference can you tell me what you're kind of looking for can you do, you know uh and you can you can keep that person around in a productive role until you find um a replacement in that case right mm-hmm. so that's it on the vision they haven't done anything grossly wrong right they haven't purposely sabotaged something they haven't stolen anything right barring anything d- disastrous like that Mm-hmm. Now, let's say they're, they're unified on the vision. Okay, yes, I believe that we're going in this direction. All right, so can you, tell, can you quickly tell me what's going on? How come you haven't been able to deliver things? Do you got stress at home? Is there other things going on? Or do you feel like you're not being able to get the data? You know, mm-hmm. Then you're able to just talk about problems, not about them, but as it relates to the vision. So that takes pressure off of the individual and they give you guys, again, a both a common point that you're both striving to. Mm. So, they don't, so they don't take things as personally. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <coughs> Any other team intuition knowledge from your superpowers? Um... <laughs> uh, Man, I don't know. I feel like I've overloaded everybody already, probably. Uh, I think I've got – those are the real big ones. All the other ones that I would help people on, it has to do with more uh, in-person situ- or like exact situations. So sometimes somebody will – and with one of my clients, they'll say, like, I got this situation that's going on. And I'll just ask questions around um, – let me think of how I would do this. Uh, let's say you came to me, uh, and uh, what, give me like a couple of your team members and what they do. Let's like let's make a pretend scenario. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, launching a book. How about that? Okay, so launching the book. So the book isn't obviously on on schedule, right? Because otherwise there wouldn't be a problem. Mm. So uh, you've got a writer probably, and you got probably an editor. Mm-hmm. Right, two separate people. So let's pretend you got these two people. So you are talking to uh, the editor. Let's pretend you're talking to the editor. Hey, I haven't seen any edits back. What's going on? You know, are we on target? No, we're not on target. Uh, you agree with the, where we're going? Yeah, I totally love the project. Okay. So can you tell me how come you haven't been able to get the book edited? Now, you probably uh, don't have 100% employee in this case, um, correct or incorrect? Yeah, I've, I've got an editor. So, one hundred percent 
hired to you? Yeah. Okay. Um, not, well, I mean, you know, they're editing several projects, but yeah. But all for you? No, they do other things for other people. Okay, great. Perfect example. So, all right, hey, um, hey, I noticed the project isn't, uh, you, you haven't been able to keep up with the work. Can you tell me quickly what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, no worries. I just want to understand so that we can get it back on track. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to talk to me about that? Well, okay, so now you got tons of the problems. Uh, well, I've just been really busy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, <laughs> can you tell me what you've been busy with? You know, do you have all the material that you need? Yeah, I have it all. Okay, so is there other things going on in your life that's making it really difficult? Right, unless you use the point where they say, well, they got to say yes because they don't have an excuse. Yeah, I got, you know, maybe I got, uh, my other clients have been really hounding me and I just feel bad. Like, I know I got to get this project out. Okay, great. Thank you so much for telling me that. Mm-hmm. And I know it must be stressful handling all of these. I still need this to be on time because this is something that you promised to me because you don't want to give, you got, you got to keep your boundaries. So what can we do to help out? How can I help you manage this? Hmm. So now you're, you're, you're kind of helping them solve the problem and clarifying what you want them to do. Yes. Instead of beating them up. <laughs> right. I mean, it's so much a better process because now they feel like they've got a partner. they got somebody who feels like they, they can understand. They feel indebted to you. Um, and you can say, like, well, I really, you know, I really got to get this project out. And then even if I end up coaching some of my employees for their own, um, uh, for the other businesses, because in the end, it's going to help me. This is not a selfishness necessarily. It's just sort of like, well, what can I do to help you so I can still get what I want? Well, here's how maybe you want to deal with this person. Um, all right. Do you just really need 24 hours so you can get the other thing done? Yes. Okay. If you can't get it done in 24 hours, here are the consequences that I'm going to be able to give to you. I may have to pull the project from you to give it to somebody else who can finish it. I just want to let you know, but I want to work with you because you've already started working on the project. Okay. Um, so give it a little lee- a leeway. All right. Um, uh, can you stay up a little bit later afterwards? Can you help me get this done? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So you just find the solution. Now, the, the, the problem could have been – well, I haven't got all the information from the writer yet. Mm. No, I don't have it all. And I'm really frustrated. Okay. Mm. You know what? Now you got a different problem you have to manage. Mm. Is that the writer that hasn't gotten something? So you got to go back to the writer. How come you didn't communicate? Right? Are you on board with the mission again? Because if you're on board with the mission, we've talked about that communication is important. So what's preventing you from communicating? Mm-hmm. Right? So then you could just... You can just easily drill into what the exact problem is, and you make it a non-issue in the sense uh, – non-issue meaning you don't make it personal because you're always trying to find the solution. Mm-hmm. Now, the only exception to this rule is for me is I've tried to solve the same thing three times. <laughs> if I've had to ta- solve the same thing three times and there's been no progress, for me, it's just time to find another person. Mm-hmm. If, I, if they work on it, they get some progress, they do pretty good work, and they repeat the same mistake, and we talk about it again, and they, and they make up a little bit of progress, and once in a while they go back to the same mistake, psh, you know what? We all got issues, mm-hmm. and we're not 100%. We're all going to fall back on some of the stupid crap that we do. Mm-hmm. But as long as I see that overall you are making progress and that when you fall back to your old pattern, it's not completely disruptive. I will tolerate that because I know in my mind that if he knows or they know or she knows that I know, it creates loyalty. Mm. And you'll get benefits in other places because mm-hmm. of that. Because we all have our stupid quirks that we don't want anybody to like, uh, um, like poke their finger in too much. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we get really embarrassed because we know we can't solve them. We try to solve them 100%. We can't quite get it right. So if you can, if we find somebody that's willing to bear that wound with us, we tend to be very loyal to them. Well, that sounds a valuable part of any team, having loyal people who are following you on the vision. Yes. 
Well, this that's been, it. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, this has been very interesting, Christopher. If people in the audience wanted to find out more about you, how would they locate you? Well, you can find me at um, ChristopherBrowning.com or SmartRapidGrowth.com. It's all one word, Smart Rapid Growth. All right. Excelente. Well, thanks very much for joining us and for being on the podcast. You're welcome. I had a great time. All right. Get strategies and show notes at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. What would it take to see you here next time on the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast?